This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine as we continue our conversation about mental illness. For more information on mental illness, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. On the phone with me now is Sheila Andreen. Sheila is executive producer of the documentary film, Anx, Raising Awareness Around Anxiety. We're also joined by Steve Nemo. Steve's 14-year-old son unfortunately took his own life after a battle with anxiety. It's our pleasure to welcome Steve and Sheila to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Thank you. All right. Now, Sheila, let's start with you. You are the executive producer of this documentary, Angst. Tell us about the film. So the film, um, I make movies that I screen in schools and corporations and communities pretty much around the world to bring people together to foster conversation and and build community. And, uh, you know, I've taken out films about bullying or screen addiction and this friend of mine had asked me to make a movie about mental health and to take that out into schools. And I just thought, no, I, I can't make a movie about that. It feels heavy. And I don't think anybody would want to watch a movie about mental health. And about a year later, she died by suicide. And I, mm. I, it really took me back. I mean, I, I was, I knew her well and I had no idea that there was something going on to that extreme. And so I decided to make a movie about mental health and it had a, because we serve schools and kids and families, it needed to be not heavy. It needed to be, you know, we need to be able to make that information accessible and understandable and then actionable. And so it needed to be filled with resources and tools and then it needed to be light and filled with hope. And so that's what angst is. Of course, and again, the film is about anxiety and mental illness, but it seems that teens today, they just have more in this generation, more to be anxious about things that trigger teen anxiety more today than maybe, again, a generation ago. First of all, we all have anxiety. It's a good thing. It's it's a really good thing to have anxiety. It gets us to jump out of the way of an oncoming car. So to answer your question, I think because I think technology plays a role in this. I think that we are plugged in to this on-demand breaking news world. It is affecting our sleep. I think that we're not getting up and getting outside into into the sunlight. We're not interacting with each other as much. And there's this stress of, you know, when third graders are worrying about getting into college and when, and it's not even, I mean, yes, parents and the schools can put pressure on our kids, but I think the kids put pressure on themselves as well with just their peers and their constant self-comparison and never feeling like it's good enough or even doable. And I guess long answer to your question is, yeah, I do think kids are feeling a lot more anxious now than say when I was growing up. Okay. Now you did this documentary. How difficult was it to find people willing to step up and share their stories and their battle with anxiety? Because, you know, there's still this stigma surrounding mental illness. Yeah, we just started reaching out to people we knew who were struggling, and there was no shortage of people struggling. And they were all willing to be interviewed, but I think it was sort of like committing to the date and being the first to talk about it. We ended up starting off at a therapeutic boarding school in Utah, and where there some, it was a boys' school, and they actually, you know, like had been there for a couple of years and had really they were well versed 
they knew how to talk about it. They, you know, their feelings and their anxiety and, or whether it was OCD or depression, and they were able to express it. So we started with them. And then we took that footage and we shared, created a little sizzle and we shared that with other people who were kind of on the fence about whether they could do it or not. They all wanted to do it, but I think there was a lot of anxiety about committing to do it. And so showing this footage and saying, look, there's no script. You just sit there and you speak from your heart and you be yourself and there's no, you can't mess it up. I mean, it's just, it's just, you're just being honest. And so then we had a flood of people who were like, suddenly everybody had anxiety. Like, oh, you should talk to this person and that person and that one, this person brought in another person. And it was interesting. So pretty much once the floodgates opened, that was easy. I think it was certain cultures. So like the Chinese families that we chatted with, we couldn't get anybody. I mean, people would say, yeah, I want to do it. We're going to do it. And then they'd cancel. They wouldn't show. And so we couldn't get certain cultures to uh, open up and talk about it. So, Sheila, of all the teens that you spoke to for this documentary, which one story stands out the most to you? For me, I take a little piece of certain stories. So there isn't one story that just stood out over all others. There were, like, one girl talks about how her parents used to say to her, you know, you're you're just like everyone else. You're not that, you know, it's not that you're not special. It's just that, you know, you're not any better or any worse than anyone else. I really related to that. Um, I think that Anna and Riley, who are the, the brunettes, best friends, you know, they sort of were friends because of anxiety. And, you know, Anna didn't want to be on the planet. There were times that she didn't want to be on the planet. And she decided to reach out to her mom and send her an email and just said, I'm feeling this way. You know, her mom was able to jump in and help her. And, I, you know, I, it wasn't that anyone was saying, hey, if you're feeling bad, you got to reach out. Like, she didn't even have that kind of messaging. She just was feeling so lost and so hopeless that she reached out for help to her mom, but she was even afraid to do that. Like, there's just little things that, that I relate to. And in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Sheila Andreen. She is executive producer of the documentary Angst, Raising Awareness Around Anxiety. We'll also speak to Steve in a minute here. He'll share his story. Now, Sheila, for the film, I know you spoke to mental health experts. Tell us about their insights into anxiety, and I'm sure they provided an invaluable perspective. You know, it's funny. I didn't want to make this movie because I, I literally, I knew nothing about it. And I, I just felt like you had to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist or therapist to really even be able to dig in and have a conversation about it. Meeting so many experts, and I mean, literally just tiny, tiny percentage of them are in the movie. But the ones that we got to talk to and meet, from life coaches to like the most published psychiatrists, they all had one thing in common, which was it's really important to speak up. It's really important that we get the word out that kids, parents, you know, an athlete on a sports scholarship to his, you know, dream college, like whatever the situation, if you're the CEO of a company, whatever it is, you need to speak up. You need to reach out to someone you trust and ask for help. And then for people who are on the receiving end, if someone asks you for help, you have the ability to help them, to help them find some help. I also think that it's important that we start noticing people around us and reaching out to people as well. And we need to, we need to learn how to do that. Um, all the experts pretty much agreed, A, anxiety is 100% treatable. It is not 100% curable, but it is 100% treatable. So when you think, oh, my God, if you have this splitting headache and you can do something about it, wouldn't you do something about it? You know, if you've got a toothache or something going on 
with your teeth. You go and you deal with it. You take care of it. So maybe you have to have a tooth pulled and you put in a bridge, but you, you'll have a bridge from then on. But you've dealt with the pain, the suffering. And so that was a huge thing. And that we need each other. Not everyone can afford to go to therapy, but we can learn to start being there for each other in addition to therapy and other sort of um, courses of of action that people take. So, Sheila, swimmer Michael Phelps is featured in your documentary film. What did he have to say and what's his connection? So, you know, we'd reached out to Michael to be in the film and, uh, you know, it took a good while because he's a pretty busy guy, but he ultimately said, yes, I'm in. And so we filmed him and there was a young boy that we knew of that was big on swimming and knew like every swimming stat of Michael Phelps's swimming career, super fan. And he too struggled with, you know, his mental health issues and had a few times in his life not wanted to be on the planet. And he was nine years old, nine or 10 years old. And so we flew him out and surprised him basically with Michael. And that was such a very sweet moment in the movie. And, and then, you know, just hearing the two of them chatting about this, the sort of young and the older, it doesn't discriminate. And you just don't know what's going on with people. Michael's contribution was, was huge in the film because he, here he is. You'd never think that with all that he's got going on that he would have the kind of anxiety and depression that he does. But he does. He's also learning and figuring out tools and ways to work through it. And for teens and young people, anxiety can take them to a very dark place. Anxiety, we can see it in little kids. You can even see it in babies. And, you know, I'm a big believer in prevention and getting started really early, you know, with parents before kids are born. And then when they're young, we start teaching them ways to talk about their feelings, to speak up if they're not feeling good. If you see that your child has anxiety about going to school or doing a sleepover or anything, that we work on it together with exposure therapy, through different means of finding the tools to get through, not to avoid, left unaddressed. Anxiety can lead to isolation, and that isolation can lead to depression and a host of other things. We are social beings. We are meant to spend time together. We are meant to interact. It's what helps us to thrive. It helps our sort of immune systems to be strong and for our wellness, like our view of the world to be brighter. When we are isolated, we don't thrive, and I think that kids especially haven't lived long enough on the planet to know that hard times pass. I think they feel like, oh my God, this is my life and mm-hmm. it's never going to go away. And we, you know, as grown-ups, we've learned because we've learned, we've survived stuff. We know that things pass, the good and the bad. Right. How do we instill that into our kids? And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. You can head there now and find out more about mental illness. That's the topic that we're talking about right now. On the phone with me now is Sheila Andreen. She is executive producer of the documentary film, Anks. Raising Awareness Around Anxiety. We're also joined by Steve Nimmo. He's here this morning to share his story. Now, let's bring you in here, Steve. I have to tell you that I have a 14-year-old myself, and this is very scary as a parent. Your son, your 14-year-old son, took his own life. Tell us about your son, if you will. What was he like? His name was Zachary, and he was he was 14, and um, he he was an amazing kid. He was at 14, he already had his life figured out. He was going to go into engineering. He wanted to be a product designer. He wanted to 
um, he wanted to live in the, the Pacific Northwest, and he, you know, he knew which school he wanted to go to, and, and he, he just knew what, what he really loved, and, you know, he, and some of the other things that, that motivated him, he, you know, he enjoyed playing soccer, he was a, a two-time uh, all-star in soccer, and then he, he went on to, uh, uh, to play in lacrosse, and he, he um, you know, qualified and made a, an elite traveling team, and you know, he was—he just—he was moving in the right direction. Everybody loved him, and um, and then all of a sudden, one day, things started to, to unwind a little bit. And all of a sudden, those things that once he was passionate about, you know, you know, he he no longer wanted to play soccer. He he no longer wanted to play lacrosse. He he, you know, stopped hanging out with his friends like he used to. Started spending more time alone. Um, you know, and that's. Uh, to us, that was that was the trigger point when we watched that that passionate kid um, start to isolate himself. Okay, so you had seen signs that there was something wrong. Did you think that it was depression? Did you think it was anxiety? What what were you guys thinking? We had you know taken him to his pediatrician, um, you know, and as we as we did regularly anyway for checkups and that type of thing. Um, he was he was being treated for a, a thyroid disorder, so there was some thought that uh, it could be around the thyroid because that can mess with a, a kid's hormones. Um, you know, the, some of the other thoughts, you know, it, you know, are they, are, you know, are we just dealing with you know regular teen hormones? We didn't know, but we weren't willing to take that chance. Um, so his, you know, in, in continued conversations with his pediatrician, um, it was recommended that hey, we need to to reach out and probably probably look into some um, therapy um, and psychiatric help um, you know, to, to help them get through all of this. Okay. And so at what point did you discover that it was um, anxiety uh, driven? Well, the, um, the pediatrician, and, and this is a high recommendation of ours, you know, as Sheila mentioned, sometimes it's, you know, it's difficult and money can be a barrier, but the pediatrician um, is, is an accessible resource to most. And he, he originally, he, you know, he said, I feel like, you know, he, he's not a, a psychologist or psychiatrist, but he, you know, feels like, you know, that Zachary's dealing with some depression and anxiety, you know, you, you, you know, move on to, to find some, some additional help, which, which we did, which w- was difficult also, um, just because accessibility to uh, mental health professionals that deal with teens um, was a challenge. But we did find a, a psychiatrist that Zachary liked as well and felt open with, um, and she fully diagnosed him with a, a severe social anxiety. Mm. Wow. And so tell us about very briefly and whatever you want to share about, you know, when Zachary um, decided to end things. Well, was, um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to go into any graphic details and some things that we choose to keep private, but um, it, it was a complete shock. Um, it, it was just a normal day. Um, th- things actually seemed to be turning around. He was, you know, hanging with his friends a little bit more, and and uh, you know, things were, seemed like things were were on the upswing. And um, we had a we had a communication gap with him for no more than thirty minutes. And when we got home, um, unfortunately, he had he had taken his life. And it was a um, it was a moment that excuse me um, has changed us for the rest of our lives. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm so sorry, Steve. And I think you're so brave and so courageous to share your story. 
Why was it important for you to share your story and to talk about your son? Well, as you know, Sheila mentioned, and, and you've mentioned it as well, there's this extreme stigma related to, to mental health, and, and we want to we get rid of that. Um, so we had gone to see the movie only, only two days before, before Zachary took his life, and it, it so clearly described who he was, what he was going through, and from our perspective, it really helped us, you know, to, to better understand, you know, what what it was he was he was struggling with. Um, and when when he passed, we knew that that movie had to be seen by more people. So the first thing we did was, you know, kind of a in lieu of flowers, we we directed funds towards making that movie available, and that's how we connected with Sheila. Okay. Um, which we're so grateful for. And then as as we've moved forward. Um, and we've actually formed our own foundation that we've titled the Z Cares Foundation, um, Z for, for Zachary. And we have screened the movie now um, that we've hosted four times and in our community and have had um, over 3,000 people show up to see it. So it, it clearly has shown a need in the community um, that's, uh, that's going unfulfilled, and we're going to try to try to fill that gap. Okay, so Steve, tell us more about the foundation and what you plan to do. So our, our, our foundation is, is designed, and, and in our mission statement, we talk in terms of providing an environment where, where teens suffering from anxiety have the ability to reach out for help, and the community has the ability to reach in with help. Um, our ultimate goal, and, and Sheila touched on this um, quite a bit as well, is to provide a safe space for these kids to have healthy conversations, to allow them to sit in silence is, uh, you know, is, is a dangerous place for them to be, and, and they need to be able to talk about it. Okay. We want to build some programs that schools and sports clubs and other youth clubs can uh, can can utilize to uh, you know to create these healthy environments. So, Steve, let me ask you this. What advice would you offer to parents who have teens battling anxiety or mental illness? What would you say to them? I'll, I'll give the advice that my daughter gives gives to me and to others that, that are willing. She she also sits on these, these uh, panels after the screenings, and the advice that she gives is just be there for the kids. Hmm. Um, you know, we're, I'm not a professional. Most parents are not mental health professionals. You know, we're not going to necessarily change them, fix them, but if we are there for them, make it known that we're there for them, I think that can change the, the, the relationship and change the, the direction immediately. And, you know, I, I think it was called out in the film with the relationship with the father and daughter who, um, you know, they had a, you know, sort of a, a rough relationship until he, you know, accepted the fact of what she was going through and was simply there for her. And I, I think that's... Um, a powerful thing for a um, parent and child relationship. Now, um, Sheila, you touched on this, but let's talk about hope in the midst of anxiety. What does hope look like? And is there a solution? And what does a solution look like? Well, granted, I'm not a licensed healthcare professional or psychologist, but I have now spent the almost last three or four years dipped in a vat of mental health and mental wellness and prevention and self-care and I, there is so much hope. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this. And all it takes is for people to start talking to each other and to remember, to know 
that we are born equipped with the ability to be there for each other and how important it is to to speak up. There is, um, even if you can't afford therapy, first place you go is your primary care physician and you get started there or reach out to your local church or to your school counselor or a parent or a friend or guardian or someone that you trust. Okay. And you go from there. All right, Steve, what does hope look like for you? Hope is, uh, you know, a space where the, uh, the teens feel they can get through this. Um, you know, I, I've, I've talked to and have been inspired by so many young, young adults and, and teenagers that, you know, I, I, it inspires me that their, you know, their willingness to talk about this and, and move forward with it. But, you know, hope to me is, is that place where, where they can, they can have these conversations and shed themselves of any shame of what they're going through is, is wrong. Um, knowing that it's the right thing to do to be open. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. If our listeners would like to find out more about the documentary, Sheila, how can they find out? Again, the title of the film is? The name of the movie is called Angst. Okay. And how can our listeners find out more? You can either go to IndieFlix.com or you can go to AngstMovie.com. And Steve, how can our listeners find out more about your foundation? Yeah, they can find out more about ZCares Foundation by going to ZCares.org. All right. Thank you both for taking time to talk to us. Steve, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rodney. Thank you. We've been speaking to Sheila Andreen, executive producer of the movie Angst, Raising Awareness Around Anxiety. We've also been speaking to Steve, a parent turned mental illness advocate after the loss of his son. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Again, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page. Just visit Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now, and you'll find out more about mental illness. That's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged. Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today.